Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. Today my guest is Cal Eisminger. He is the founder of Cal's Game Night, which is a company that brings game night to your home um, with fabulous uh, game parties and they just come in, they take care of everything and they've done some really uh, high profile parties for celebrities like Matthew Perry and Jessica Alba and um, it's a really awesome business. Um, before we get to that though, I want to plug something to do with my business. Um, as you know, I co-created this game called You Don't Know My Life. It's a party game and we're going to be taking part in a marketplace at our neighborhood tea shop called Tea Pop in North Hollywood this Sunday from 11 to 5. They're going to have like artists and craftsmen and food people and we're going to have a little booth and we're going to be selling our game. So if you want to come check out a fun market, it's this Sunday from 11 to 5 at Tea Pop in North Hollywood. That's 5050 Vineland. Um, it's a really fun place to hang out and uh, come check it out and say hello. All right. That's enough for the plugs. Let's get to the interview. Here is Cal Eisminger. Hey there, I'm coming to you from Irvine, California, the beautiful new apartment of my guest today, Cal Eisminger. He's the founder of Cal's Game Night, mm -hmm. which is a company that does game nights in people's homes. Absolutely. You bring their parties to life. Yep. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I love being in Irvine. I feel like I'm out of the hubbub of the city. <laughs> Do you like it down here? Oh, I love it. It's so much cleaner than LA. Yeah. Like everywhere you go, there's parking. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of a slower pace, but I love it. I'm very happy down here. I love yeah. it. When did you yeah. first come to LA? Have you I moved, always? I moved to LA in 2005. I was, from? Um, from Maryland. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in Maryland and then did a few musicals and tours and random things and then... Um, had always wanted to live in LA, and so I didn't know a single person out here. I just uh, packed up uh, a couple boxes, shipped them out here, got in a plane, and here I was. Where did you end up when you first uh, moved out here? In West Hollywood. Well, okay. I, I was staying with a friend in Corona because it was the only person okay. I knew out here, but nobody wants to live in Corona. Um, right. And so I was driving into West Hollywood every day to look at apartments, look at jobs, right. stuff like that. Um, and then within a week, I found an apartment and a job. That's and great. Then just kind of took it from there. What was your first job? Um, I was working in finance. Okay, it's not why I moved here. I moved here to pursue acting, uh, right? As you know, nobody else does, right? Um, and uh, I was just a job to pay the bills, just to kind of land here and get yeah, here, just and to get then settled, figure things out. From but there. you made so, the big move, and you didn't know anybody. I did not. That no. takes courage. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do stupid things like that when you're 23. I, I don't mean, think I would probably do that now. <laughs> it's good, though. Yeah. They paved the way. Yeah. And so your company is called Cal's Game Night. Yes. Named after you. Yep. And uh, describe it for our, our listeners. What, are they, what exactly does it, does it do? So um, describe how it began or what it is now. Uh, let's start with how it began. Okay. So um, my family has always been game people. Um, right. I grew up out in the middle of nowhere, and so there's nothing to do but play games right. um, and do farm work. Um, and so I've always been a game guy. Youngest of three boys, super competitive family. Like, right. everything we did was a competition. Like, I finished eating my food first, I win. Like, right. you know, just everything was always competitive. And so we played lots of games. Uh, and then in my adult life, I would host game nights with friends. Um, and... I love to entertain, and so we would have more people and more people with game night, and then eventually it was like, how do I have game night with 15 people and 20 people? It's like, you can't play board games anymore. So right. I started developing these 
these game concepts based off of other games that you play, but then I started actually hosting the game night and not playing it because you have, you know, too many people, you can't just all sit around a table and play games. So, right, and somebody's got to keep the thing moving. Exactly. And um, I found that with any game night, no matter how many people you have, if you have one person that's not playing that sort of gets to decide, be the referee a little bit, things tend to go better because you're, you know, um, you're not biased and you can decide right. in those moments who actually wins and who got there first and blah, blah, blah. So, um, so then I did a game night for uh, a friend of mine, um, Mark Cherry, and uh, he really enjoyed it. Another friend of mine, David Warren, was actually a director on Desperate Housewives. And then uh, I did one for David Warren's birthday at Mark Cherry's house and there were some celebrities there. And one celebrity in particular, at the end of the night, was like, how much do you charge? This is amazing. I want you to do this for my birthday. Right. And the thought had never even entered my mind. Really? Um, and I was, let's see, I was probably 20, let's see, 26. So right. I was still young and, like, totally still somewhat new to L.A. And that, that thought had, like, scared me a little bit. But I was like, well, I'm not going to say no. Uh, right. So I started, uh, you know... Went to the drawing board to figure out how that would work, and it was tough because the first game that I ever did where I was being paid, there were a lot of celebrities there. Right. Like, A-list celebrities there. Like, Tommy Schlamy was there, executive producer of West Wing. Right. Laura Dern was there. Um, uh, the singer um, who sings over Santa Monica Boulevard. Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow was there. Um, so it was, and there were a bunch of, uh, Dana Delaney was there, Felicity Huffman was there, William H. Macy was there, and this was, like, my first one, so right. I was Were so you a wreck? Were nervous. you sweating? I was so nervous, yeah. What, um, how different is what you do now from that first night? Is it kind of the same thing? We have learned a lot of tough lessons over the sure, years. Sure, you would. Mistakes that have just happened in the middle, and, I mean, talk about sweating. I, I used to keep score on the computer, for all, I used to input every single person's score in the computer, which right. was very time-consuming, which we don't do anymore. We found a better way. But in the middle of one game night, the computer screen just went blank. Oh, and boy. my whole body just went into a cold sweat. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Because these people are all literally also right. standing behind me, being like, what's my score? What's my score? What happened? Where am I? It. And I'm like, uh, it'll be fine. Like, you know. What happens? I did one of those pray to Jesus, reset my computer, and hope it automatically saved uh, things and thank you Microsoft it did it automatically did. save and I opened it back up but that was I was probably one of the most terrifying like I'm totally screwed uh, uh, game that experiences but many things along the way we've learned uh, you know the whole point is to never let the client see you sweat right um, and make those adjustments um, and that's the hardest thing to teach my team now because I have a big team because we right. do so many is that sort of Knowing what to do in that moment where something goes wrong or something doesn't go the way you planned. Yeah. I had one game night. I was actually down here in Orange County. It was like my second or third game night. And the theme for running charades was Oscar-nominated movies. Right. And it wasn't even like a specific actress who won or just Oscar-nominated movies. And the second clue was Erin Brockovich. And I remember this one lady runs up to me and I say, Erin Brockovich. And she goes, what's that? And I was like, I'm so screwed. <laughs> Like, if they don't know the movie, Aaron Brockovich, this is going to be a long right. night. So in the moment, literally as the game was happening, and they were running up to me to get their next clue and running back, I was changing all the answers, like, in the moment, just to, like, the easiest movies I could possibly think of. Right. Like, Top Titanic. Gun and 
Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The easiest things to uh, to act out. So, yeah, along the years, there's crisis averted. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What is it? Have you ever played with celebrities where? They're like, you know that guy that came to that party that one time that threw up in your bathroom? Where they, like, have are connected to the answers. Like, playing celebrity with celebrities. Yes, absolutely. There was one <laughs> game night. I, you know, the thing is, is that we never know who's going to be there. Right. I mean, uh, sometimes... Actually, I have a really funny story about that. We'll circle back to that, about not knowing who the client was. But um, uh, I did a theme where everyone on their back has a celebrity. Right. And you have to go around and ask people questions about yourself to figure out who you are. Yes right. or no questions only. Yeah. And there was a theme of all the celebrities as well. So basically, they were all guest stars on Friends, right? Which right. huge plethora of people to choose from. You got from. your Clooney? Exactly. No? Uh, no. Yeah, I think so. Selleck? Um, anyway. Selleck for sure. I mean, the list is long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, Lisa Kudrow was there. Did right. not know she was going to be there. Right. And the funny thing was, is that everyone at the party was getting the theme but her. Yeah. And then it became a hilarious thing because everyone's like, you're the only person who's not getting this, and we can't tell you why it's hilarious. And she was so mad. I think she actually playfully hit me that right. night in the arm. Okay. It hurt a little bit, but it's That's Lisa okay. Kudrow, yeah, so you, you, she can get away with she it. Can, yeah, <laughs> she doesn't need to never wash again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what are the types of games? You mentioned running charades. Um, running charades is a really popular one. Um, we do... Um, you know, for legal reasons, are versions of classic game shows sure. we, with little twists that sort of, you know, take them and make them our own. We right. do our version of um, Family Feud. Um, we do our version of $100,000 Pyramid. My favorite game in the world. Right? Love that game. Um, oh which is gosh. so similar to Taboo and Catchphrase. Right. And the, oh, you know, there's it's only all really, about being in the winner's circle. Exactly. There's only really like 20 games in the world. Right. Every game is just a twist on that game concept. You right. Know? So um, uh, we do Name That Tune that's really right. fun. Sometimes we'll do like a Name That Tune themed edition, like 80s songs or TV theme song edition or right. movie score edition or something like that. So we're always trying to custom cater the content and the games to the client. And we've gotten really good at knowing what they will like. So yeah. we're doing a party for, you know, 50, 14-year-olds and a bar mitzvah. Uh, and then we're doing a, you know, 50, 70-year-olds. We're obviously doing very different content for those two um, events. I love that. So what happens is a client would book you, yep. and your host would just show up at the party yep. After and do the game thing, and then much. leave. Yep. I do, I gather all the information from the client. Right. Uh, you know, I book the event, I handle the billing, I, I have sort of a list of questions that I ask them that gives me the information I'll need. Right. And then, you know, we'll do some Googling and research, you know, as best we can to kind of figure out, um, you know, what, what field they're in. Like, if these are all executive producers, like, for example, we did Warner Brothers um, legal offsite. Uh, at the Four Seasons in Santa Barbara. These right. are entertainment people. So they're going to know. They're going to know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and if we're doing, you know, a game night in, you know, Dallas, Texas, they may not know as much of the entertainment type things. Right. So, um, we've, that, that's also something that's just come with time. You know, learning, like, we'll do something in an event and nobody knows it. And something that you and I would think is super easy and yeah. obvious, they're like, this is impossible. Right. And so that, that's something else we've learned along the way. That's smart. Yeah. 
Um, and you started doing things in other cities, right? You're based in yeah. Southern California, but you can do a game night anywhere. Yeah, we did about um, eight events in Manhattan so far this year. That's incredible. Um, the last three months. So um, that's that's new for us. I did two events in London in the last two years. Wow. Um, and it's funny, the clients in London are sometimes like, can you be here in two weeks? Like planning a last minute trip to Europe with two weeks notice. Like sometimes... A lot of our clients um, are obviously wealthy um, yeah. or they're corporate clients. And so a lot of them are sort of used to getting um, – they have a last-minute idea and you just have to make it happen. Right. Because they're not used to being told no. <laughs> right. But they've got the money. They do have the Which money. Nice. Yes. yes. Yeah. So do you host a lot of them yourself or at this point are you – do you have a whole team? I used to do it all myself. For the right. first about four years, it was just me, um, which was a lot. Right. Um, the most I ever did was 75 people by myself and I still have no idea how I did that. Right. Uh, but now um, I have a whole team. Um, I'm mostly running the business. Right. Um, and then every now and then, you know, I have – I have a couple clients that have booked us multiple times a year for the last 11 years. Right, and, so and they like you. Those clients, I will try my best to, you know, be at their parties. But I just, you know, we had, last weekend we had six game nights in two two days. So, you know, it's just, it's impossible. So say it's a Saturday night, there's yep. game nights going on all over the place. Yep. You're sort of not at one, but you're kind of overseeing them. Are you getting yep. texts every 10 minutes going, this I'm, is working or I'm whatever? always on call, but right. I, a lot of the prep work comes the week before. Right. And then, you know, I send my host basically their information packet, you know, right. a couple days before, um, for them to look over it. And they kind of know, they know the game now, you know what right. I mean? They know how things go. Um, they will shoot me questions and stuff like that. And I'm, if I know I have game nights going on, my phone is by my side, right. you know, because, you know, knock on wood, nothing. We've never had any major catastrophes. That's um, awesome. So, um, uh, Kathy Najimy fell one time when she was running, uh, and it was a song clue, and the song clue was free falling. And that was the only... That's as bad as it gets. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've interviewed her before, and uh, she's hardcore game. She's oh, a $25,000 she pyramid Oh yeah, uh, superstar. Yep. Her and Cameron Mannheim are probably the two most competitive celebrities right. I've ever played with. Um, now, do people get hardcore competitive? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. Because it mean, can't be one of those things of like, you know what, you get a point, you lose a point, it's yeah. fine, we're all having fun. Yeah. No, they... We, we've gotten more notoriety over the years and that's helped people listen to us more than they used to. Right. Um, because we sort of have some clout now about our company, but we get, I mean, you are telling CEOs of huge companies what to do and they don't always like that. Right. And so they're also, as you know, like if you're a CEO of a company or you're a big celebrity, people laugh at your jokes. People don't usually tell you you're wrong. Like, right. you know, that kind of thing. And I mean... We'll laugh at their jokes, but we'll tell them if they're wrong because it's a right. game, you know. And I've had I've had a, a few arguments sometimes where they're like, "No, you're wrong," and then I always make sure my content is correct because as soon as you are wrong, you've lost their trust. Right, like, like if it's a trivia it. thing the rest or of the night, kind of like yes. Yeah. So I'm always double and triple checking all of my information so that when they're basically arguing, arguing with me and telling me that I'm wrong and then I pull it up on my phone and show it to them, their tail is immediately between their legs and then you have their trust right. and then they're yours you like, up to them. for the rest of the night because they're like, you're right, you were right, I was wrong, yeah. you know. 
So yeah. that's cool. Now, yeah. when you have repeat customers, do you have to make sure they're getting new new games, new. We're doing parades? new content yeah. all the time. Right. I try to I try to use what's going on in the world right now right. Uh, to have my content be focused on like you know game of thrones came out yesterday so right. you know i try to do some content focused around game of thrones or if it's the golden globes or the oscars or the emmys right. or olympics you know we'll try to do content that is relevant to what's what's going on yeah it's the same thing i do with mismatch game yeah write the questions that week so exactly ripped from the headlines yeah and it's things people are interested in yeah. at the time do you ever show up somewhere and look at a home and go, this is, this, I feel like I'm in a movie. This is like <laughs> a palace. There, yeah. I'm it, sure you go to different places. At first, it was a little depressing because, like, you know, you're a starving actor. Right. And, like, these people, like, spend on one party um, enough money that could pay off my entire debt as a, right. more, like, you know, actor. And then right. you're living in this piece of crack little hole-in-the-wall apartment, right. and you're walking into all these palatial mansions. Like right. So at first it was a little tough, and there are, there are some houses. I mean, that's a cool perk, seeing the houses, because yeah. there have been some amazing houses. Right. Um, this one client uh, who I signed an NDA, so I can't say who it is, but I can basically say that I was – my driver, it was in New York, was driving me onto the property, and uh, he thought it was a country club, and it was this these this people's home. And uh, we go to the security. I get on a golf cart, heading towards you know where the event's going to be. There's they have golf carts and staff and whatever. And I said to the the guy who's the staff, I said, um, I said, oh my gosh, that house is beautiful. It's huge. It's gorgeous. And he goes, that's the guest house. And I said, where's the main house? And he goes, you will never see the main house. And I right. was like. Wow. Okay. I guess I'll never see the main house. <laughs> the joke was on him because we did yeah. it uh, the following year and we did get to see the main got, house. That says you did a good job. It was like, you know, you ever seen the movie Sabrina where like it starts yeah. out in that huge mansion. It's like there's servants for the indoor tennis right. sports and the outdoor. T- I felt like I was in that movie. It's crazy. Their chef, they stole from the Four Seasons in Manhattan. They went to dinner there. They liked the chef and said, come work for us. And now he's their private chef. Wow. Yeah. That kind it's of money. It's interesting to be around that much money. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, a lot. it's refreshing when people with that much money are nice. They were the nicest, kindest people. That's um, cool. Ironically, the people with less money are usually more the assholes. Yeah. The people that actually have money are not insecure about it, and they're nice. Like, right. They don't feel like they don't have to throw their money in your face to, to feel good about themselves. They're just nice people, more often than not. Yeah. yeah. Now, I read on your website that you encourage the people to provide their own prizes. That yes. you don't do prizes, but you'll consult on it or whatever. So there's a reason why. We used to do prizes, and then I did these gift baskets for this one client, celebrity client. And, I mean, I went all out. They said no budget. So, I mean, I went and found, like, a boutique candle shop in Beverly Hills and got, like, the best candles. I right. found a, you know, a wine um, uh, distributor in Beverly Hills who has a private shop and got, like, the best champagne, you know, and whatever. And then put all this time into it. Put together these great gift baskets. And every prize every prize I got, they were like, oh, no, like, we prefer Vivre Clicquot, like, really good champagne. I'm like... This champagne was $400 and is the best champagne you can buy. Veuve Clicquot is, is $45. Like, this is better. But they were, they were like, so... They were like, they, looking and at I was your, like... They're, they're looking at your candle and like... Yeah, a, exactly. And so, after that, I was like, you know what? That's just... People know what they like. They yes, know what they want to spend. People would like. And it's yeah. just... The majority of the time, the prizes... I mean, we've seen some amazing prizes. But the majority of the time, the prizes 
are just more about bragging rights. Gift yeah. cards, a bottle of tequila, yeah. you know, it's just about being handed something at the yeah. end and getting that moment where you Having are announced as the winner. What's the craziest yeah. prizes people got? I mean, uh, one guy had a wad of $100 bills and just pulled it out of his pocket and for first place just started like stacking up the cash wow. and then like second place stacking up the cash right um mas- massages weekends at fancy resorts um the gag gifts are more the funny ones someone for last place gave um a hamster one time they gave him a goldfish right one time it was very inappropriate sex toys and sure. stuff like that so and again like you know your guests, so I'm not going to go to Hustler and buy a bunch of sex toys for your right. friends, but if you know that they would find that funny, then they will. So, Knock yourself out. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. what do your hosts wear when they go to these events? So, we, we, I always say to my host, we need to look like we're not attending the party. We need to look like, you know, um, we are... Um, I don't say working the party because we are talent. You know what I mean? It's performance. So, you know, we're not, we don't want to look like the catering staff. We also don't want to look casual like a guest. So the guys wear a sport coat because, like, a sport coat and a clipboard clipboard says, I'm in charge. Like, right. there's just something there's about There's a master it. of ceremonies yeah. game show host vibe to Exactly. It. I mean, right. what, what game show host over the years is not wearing a jacket? Like, right. it just feels game show hosty. Uh, the girls, you know, it's it's sort of more, they have more options, whether right. it's dresses or nice-looking, whatever. Um, so it's, you know, upscale. But you don't have an official uniform like your Dolls Game Night polos no. or anything? No, I, I, I've, I just feel like that is not our vibe. You know what I mean? To just be like, I don't want us looking like the country club ballet, you know, boys at the front of the, you know, country club. Um, Because you're bringing, the game hosts are bringing their personality. Each host has a little different of something that they bring to the table. And so your clothes are sort of part of that personality. Yeah. And I want them to be comfortable um, so that they can, you know, really show their personality with the guests and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with my game and my, and my co-creator Jeb, we've been. It hasn't happened yet, but they, there's a possibility we might do a game night at a nudist group. Oh my god! <laughs> what's the What's the most offbeat sort of group or oh location? My gosh. Um, I have not. Well, actually, I was doing one game night. And, like, with running charades, like, you know, your team sends a player, they run up, and then they run back to their team. So right. There, you know, you have four or five teams. They're all running back and forth. Well, they were doing shots of tequila when I got there. Oh, boy. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Most of the time, the clients are drinking. But if they're doing shots when we arrive, it's going to be a yeah. tough night. So oh, um, one of the guys uh, just decided halfway running to me that he was done and over it. And this was outside, and just completely stripped naked and jumped in the pool. Yeah. And then a few other people did, and then before I knew it, about half the party was stripping naked, jumping in the pool. And, and, and they were <laughs> they didn't finish the game. Nope. They were just like, we're over this. We're going to get naked and get in the pool now. Okay. Um, so I kind was of... It multi- was it men and women? It was men and women, yes. Okay. So that was, that's another example of those, uh, you're not prepared for that moment. And right. so I kind of just said, all right, everyone who still wants to play games, we're going to go inside. Um, right. And took a few small group of people that were still had their clothes on, and we went inside and played games. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know what? Orgy over here. Yes, exactly. Charades over here. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. What's the most fulfilling part for you? Um, you know, people afterwards are just so happy. Um, you know, they it's always the person at the beginning of the game night that says, I'm not really a games person. I don't really want to play. That right. by the end of the night, is 
is the most competitive, having the most fun. And, right. you know, over the years, I kind of thought that people would like get tired of it or that it wasn't really that great. But every single game night consistently, consistently, people come up and are like, that was the most fun we've ever had. Like, that was just amazing. Like, it, it really brings people together, which is why we started to really get into the team building game because yeah. it instantly tears down people's walls. Um, I did a corporate cl- uh, client where the host, the owner of the company, came up to me and said, two employees that haven't spoken to each other in six months were hugging at the end of the game night. Wow. Just like, so... Look what you're doing. You're building bridges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So you started to branch out into team building, corporate type things. Yep. Yep. Warner Brothers, Disney. We've done all the studios in town. Uh, We're in talks with Apple right now about doing a holiday party for them. So the corporate clients is sort of our next uh, wave. Um, Yeah. So from the entrepreneurial point of view, Mm because I'm very curious about this, I'm starting these endeavors. From, you got those first clients, and then was it just a word-of-mouth thing? Did you ever do any hardcore marketing? We, I have never spent really a penny on advertising. Wow. Yeah. And That's it, extraordinary. It's, it, in the beginning, it was just a side hobby. I never right. even thought I'd be doing it full-time. And right. so every time in the beginning when a new client wanted to do it, I was almost surprised. Like, oh, yeah. great. Like, I guess I'm still doing this. And right. then... Then I started, and as an actor, it was a great side gig because I right. was a um, extra and stand in on Desperate Housewives for almost six years. Oh wow! And I was doing this while I was doing that, and the Perfect. two balanced so well. It allowed me to, you know, pursue the acting career and have this income on the side. Um, and um, um, it, it, the majority of my clients, being high profile, are not as susceptible to advertising. If I sent them a mailer, they would never see it. Right. They don't check their own mail. They have right. assistants and staff that do that. Right. You know, and so you got in the you got in the really good crowd right at the beginning. Yes, That's and we so good. We've always tried to maintain sort of like a little bit of an exclusivity because right. that's what these clients are looking for. Right. They don't want something that they're going to find in the phone book. They don't want something really that they're even going to see in their playbill at the Hollywood Bowl. It cheapens it a little bit. Right. If we don't do that, it seems a little exclusive yeah. it seems a little like you gotta get my guy yeah you gotta get my exactly guy. like yeah. they talk to each other and stuff yep. like that and we've believe it or not we've never been in any of the like best of la magazines we've right. never uh we've never been in any sort of printed we were in hollywood reporter one time yeah um and then a couple uh news interviews because i o- owned a game night restaurant for a year was it the one on fairfax vaudeville um, i yeah. wanted to go to it i yeah. never did it was so fun was um, it a fun adventure yeah it was um that's a whole other story but right. uh, it was i learned a lot from that experience what was the high point and what was the low point of the restaurant yeah the high point was jennifer love hewitt being our regular client who literally come in almost every weekend and rent out the private room and just bring all her friends oh. um and she had a lot of celebrity friends and so they you know they loved it we had a yeah. private karaoke room they would come in and just hang yeah. out love uh, that's yeah. her yep i interviewed um, her a bunch of times she's so nice she's so nice so right so nice like she's awesome i feel like sometimes she gets a bad um reputation but she has she's just the nicest sweetest yeah she tweeted something for me once just to be kind and she has like a million trillion followers yeah and i got so much business just from that one tweet and it's like that's that's just the kind of kind person that she is yeah but, i love jay jay love hewitt yeah i haven't seen her in a while but yeah yeah and what was the hardest part 
The hardest part was realizing that we were going to have to close. You know, yeah. restaurants in L.A. are just a, a really tough thing. I think our location was not the best choice. Right. Um, we had no foot traffic. Um, everyone just drives by there and never wants to stop because that area is so... Yeah, you're like, oh. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. no parking. So um, I think uh, it was it was a little bit of a cave. Um, we yeah. uh, It was very dark, no windows. And so um, there were a lot of things. Um, yeah. But I realized after that experience, my focus was going to be my company and not... Not a restaurant. Not a restaurant. Because uh, yeah. then you have yeah. to deal with food and liquor and so all many other things. Other stuff. Yeah, yeah. But cool that you went for it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Now, um, on your website it says the original Hollywood Game Night. Mm-hmm. Were you at all connected with that show, or do you feel like they kind of took your idea and ran? Or I was not. You know, we were bef- we were well before that show. A good yeah. five six years before that right. show came out. You know, it's it's interesting because you know you can't really copyright game night, right? right. I didn't invent game night. You know, right. I didn't invent charades. Like right. you know, and so it's very difficult to copyright. Uh, those kind of things. Our experience is unique to us and our clients and our customers. Um, yeah. And so um, I sort of put that out there to differentiate us because right. a lot of times uh, people will get us confused and think that they, we were Hollywood Game Night. Right. And so I was trying to, and I, I originally was going to call us Hollywood Game Night, but I'm really glad that I didn't. Right. I wanted Cal's Game Night to be unique. And I thought by using the beginning, by using my name, it would be much harder for someone to steal it because it was very right. clearly my company. So when uh, somebody goes to, to one of these parties and, the, and your people show up, are they there mm-hmm. a couple of hours? Is it an all-night all thing? Or do you um, kind the of guests pop in and out? or the hosts? The, you, you guys. Um, the, we show up um, 30 minutes before game time. Okay. Um, uh, one thing that our clients really like is we have a very minimal footprint. Like, we're yeah. not setting up a stage and setting up a bunch of technology. Right. Um, we try no to... No microphone. Nope. We try to stay away. Unless it's like... If we're doing 200 people for a yeah. corporate event at a big hotel, yes. Yeah. Well, they'll have a sound system. But typically, we're not bringing in... Uh, to, we've used a microphone before, and people just tend to talk louder. Right. So, um, people tend to listen more to... Um, a, a booming voice just, you know, talking in the living room. But um, we're in 30 minutes before. Uh, it never starts on time. They always underestimate how long right. their guests are going to take to eat and drink and arrive. Right. Everyone in LA shows up late. Um, and then um, we go from 90 minutes to two hours. We're, we're very good at feeling out how things are going, if they want more games, if they're right. sort of over it. Um, and then uh, we're out. And, you know, we sort of do that um, on purpose because we are an addition to your existing event. We are the fun part of your evening because right. everyone has a million parties in LA where they show up, they have drinks, they have food, and then what? What are we doing? Right. You know, so it's the perfect addition to um, get people to have fun and get to know each other and interact. Like, we change games. We change teams for every game. So you're playing with different people all night long. Right. And you're meeting people that you may not have uh, had any conversation with at all. You right. know, people are so tend to be clicky, clicky in L.A., and they just right. want to hang out with the people they know and not talk to new people. And so this sort of kind of is a nice way to mix that up. And we do a lot of parents' nights for schools where fun. new parents of the you know kindergarten class coming in or the high school class coming in, the parents will host an event, and they all get to know each other so quickly. And it, it really sets them off on a nice, uh, on a good foot. I love that. Yeah. I love that. What was it like for you when this started really taking over your career was it like how do you feel as, as the acting part of your career 
Um, how did I feel about the what? How did you feel in relation to the acting part of what you were up to? Um, you know, I moved here to be an actor, and at some point, I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And right. I started working for Disney corporate um, and um, was doing this on the side. I had never planned to do this full time, so the acting thing kind of just went away, and I was fine with that. Um, and then about two years ago... Um, I was sort of just forced to do this full time. Right. I had a good corporate gig at Disney, and I just kind of said to myself, "I need to, I need to really focus on this." And and and, I, and it it has grown at a very consistent pace over the years. We've yeah. we've pretty much at least doubled our clients every single year. And so when the we, amount of clients, yes, yes, and That's so amazing. I I said, if this continues to happen, I'm going to need to get ahead of this. So right. That's when I started. I had auditions and started hiring hosts and, right. you know, I had to build my team and I wanted to be prepared before we got, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm still doing that. I'm still, still hiring more hosts and still trying to get ahead of, uh, of the curve. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like working around Desperate Housewives being there? Was um, that a fun time? It was super fun. I mean, I think the, the saddest moment, because Brie is my favorite character, yeah. is when I walked onto the lane. Wait, which was Brie? She's the perfect redhead. Marsha Cross. Yes, Marsha Cross. Okay. Um, and she is the most beautiful house, and I loved watching the show, and I watched it before I moved to LA, and I, I asked one of the PAs where the bathroom was, and he goes, it's in, you know, um, the blue house, which is Marsha's Marsh's house. And so Brie had a working bathroom. She did. And, well, you walk into her house, and it's just hollow. And it was, like, my first, like, Hollywood bubble burst. Right, where there's no furniture. Brie's perfect, beautiful house inside was essentially just the bathrooms. Empty, dirty, nothing. nothing. All of the inside of her house was shot on sound stages. And um, so it was a really fun show. The... Honestly, I worked on a few other shows, and I was really spoiled because that was my first show. Yeah. That was the nicest crew of any show I've ever worked on. Yeah. Most of the crew was there for all eight or nine seasons yeah. from beginning to end, and it was just – it was like a family. Uh, so it was it was amazing. I was really fortunate to work on that show. Were you a stand-in or extra or both? I started out as an extra, and yeah. that's how I got my SAG card. Nice. Um, and then I would do some standing in uh, when they needed yeah. it. Nice. Um, but um, – I was pretty much nondescript neighbor, so yeah. anytime they were on the lane uh, and they would have a party or whatever, it would be walking by or it would be at the neighborhood party or the neighborhood watch, whatever, yeah. just nondescript neighbor was my role. What was the craziest scene that you witnessed in terms of the storytelling? Um, we did an episode where there was a mob scene, yeah. um, and it was three to four hundred extras, and it was a mob scene, and then there was a car driving through the lane, and there were there were special extra, uh, um, uh, stunt people that were like climbing up on top of the car, and you were supposed to be gently pushing and pretending like it right, was, right. but people were getting punched and like it got a little out of control. It was it was. Insane. You had a rough day on Wisteria Lane. And that was that was like six days of shooting to get that one right. scene of like little, fourteen hour days, you know. Little bruise. Uh yes. I love it. Yes. All right, here's some questions you picked from the observation deck. Okay. What was your worst audition or job interview? My worst audition was one of my first auditions, and I was an idiot. I was 18, I was in New York, and I wanted to audition for the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. Right? I, I had a friend that was a rockette. Oh my it's gosh. very exciting. Um, so I showed up to the wrong call. I showed up to the dancer's call, and I am not a dancer. I'm a singer who moves well. Right. And the combo is like the Russian ballet. Oh, shit. And so it was like, like coffee grinders. full oh. on 
And you know dancers, when you get in their way and they're auditioning, they hate you. Yeah. And the only saving grace for me that day (laughs) was that there was a homeless guy because it was an open call and he was, believe it or not, worse than me. So he was the focus. He saved your your ass. Well, at least I'm not that of that guy. (laughs) Exactly. Wow. (laughs) I love that the homeless guy, though, he's got a dream. I know. He showed up and he did. He, I mean, he moved moved around. It was terrible, but he he did it. Was it hours long or just were you in and out? Um, um, it, the actual dance part was a good 15, 20 minutes. They yeah. teach you the combo real quick, and these dancers pick it up like that, yeah. and their leaps are flying through the air, and I was not. Didn't happen. <laughs> What's your favorite bad movie? Um, the Cutting Edge. The skating one. The skating Moira one. Kelly. Toe pick. Yes. That, Who's it's, the guy in it? Uh, D.B. Sweeney. D.B. Sweeney, of yeah, course. Yeah. What do you love about it? I watched it when I was a kid when you used to go to the library and rent a movie for a dollar. Right. And I always secretly wanted to be a figure skater. Okay. And um, I used to practice, pretend I was doing like triple sow cows on my bed. Right. Um, and so that movie just, I don't know, uh, the uh, the figure skating of it, the the competition, I just... It just you're in. Yeah. You're, in, in. you're yeah. all the way in. <laughs> Here's another movie question. What movie did you see when you were way too young to see it? Um... <sighs> I was way too young to see it. I feel like I had an answer for that one. Um, my dad used to sh- uh, show us Jaws before we went to the beach for the first time when we were kids. Is he crazy? Yeah, he is a little bit. <laughs> he was a tough love. He was a tough love. Yeah, he's uh, like this is yeah. what we're trying to avoid. Yeah, toughen him up was always. Did it freak you of... out when you went to the beach? Um, it did a little bit. Yes. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. All right. Where's the strangest place you've ever been recognized? I was recently recognized, I'm very rarely recognized because I'm by not famous at all, but I was on an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Wow. And the women that love that show love that They know everything show. about it. And I was at an airport in Dallas and this woman just comes up to me and is like, can I take a selfie with you? And at first I was like, sure, why? And then realized that she loved the show and saw my episode and I was like, Okay. There you go. You gave her, you gave her a moment. <laughs> I did. did you, yeah. Were you on it as something else, or were you doing a game night? I was doing a game night. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Two different episodes. We did one that went terrible because there was a big fight that happened, and then the second one was at Kyle's house, and it went great. It went great. So yeah. you don't know what before you're going in. Um, we, I knew... I knew that we were going to be shooting, and I knew it was going to be at her house, and I knew that they were going to kind of be there, yeah. but um, I'm not super familiar with the show, so I had to do a little bit of research, but um, it, it, was a, it was a gamble because anything can happen on those right. shows. Right, you don't but, want your company to look like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it went super well, and we That's got great. a lot of business out I'm of that episode. sure. That's yeah. probably why you're getting a lot of international yeah. things. Yeah. Or, or, uh, yep. Good for you. Yeah. I, I love it. But it must be a little extra pressure with cameras there, and like... It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, can I jump back to one thing real quick? Yeah. Um, I remember one story from our previous conversation about not knowing the client. So I showed up to this client. It was just me because it was a small group of people. Right. Studio City. Walk in. Uh, the client, I think, was the guy's uh, girlfriend or fiance. So she didn't come up when I Googled anything. Right. Walk in. He, uh, I'm not a big baseball guy, but um, he walked up and he said, hey, we're like, you know, we're, we're almost ready, but, you know, we just got back from our game. You know, we're just, we're just getting ready. So we'll be ready in like 30 minutes if that's okay. And I was like, yeah, great. No problem. I was like, you know, what kind of game? He's like, baseball. I was like, oh, cool. Are you guys in like a local league? And he's like, yeah, the Dodgers. And I was oh, like, my. oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and that was one of those moments where I was like, there's no saving this. And I just said to him, I said, I'm sorry. Like, 
I've been to a Dodgers game, but I don't. I couldn't yeah. pick you guys up out of a lineup. Um, but they were the nicest, nicest guys. Were the athletes competitive? Very competitive. Yeah, yeah very competitive. Does anyone ever surprise you at how competitive they are? I would say the uh, the men are typically more aggressively competitive, where they will right. come up and literally grab you, and like yeah. if two or three people are running up at the same time to get a clue, they will physically like pull you over to them. Yeah. Um, but um, some people just get. It's more like the executives that that are just never told no. They get really angry right, they when they're wrong, or... and or if you don't give them the right points, or if you know we have to make some tough judgment calls about who buzzed in first or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes you just have to make a judgment call, and they just get pissed off. Yeah, and there's you just have to move on from it yeah. as quickly as possible. We're all here to have fun, and we always like this is totally a. I hope my clients don't hear this, but. We will sometimes just give fake points because nothing will calm someone down quicker than just being like, I'll give you 100 bonus points. Yeah. And we don't really, okay. but it, it calms them down. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> what yeah. about working with kids? Is, are um, you good at that? Do you we like were, it? We were never, that was never our focus. Right. Um, but we kept getting kids parties. Right. Um, eight is the youngest we will go. Right. Um, and we will obviously cater the games towards that age group. It's not our ideal, but we do them. Um, and I have I have specific uh, game hosts that are really good with kids, like right. you know our friend Debbie. She's Debbie a mom. She's the best. Yes. She hates that I. She jokingly hates that I send her on all the kids ones, but yeah. she's just so good. Like she's a mom. Like yeah. So and she's hilarious and she's so funny. Like a mom will know what to do in a moment if yeah. something went wrong with kids. So uh, you know that's an example of sending the right host to do the right, right. you know events. So when you say we, you're talking about yourself and your host. Are yep. other people part of the organization? Do you have people that write the games with you or anything like that? I am it... still doing all the content myself. Content um, king. As, Love it. If, as we start growing, I'm going to have to yeah. uh, give up some of that. Sure. That's my baby, and it's really hard for me to do that. Well, right. Um, you want to have... It's just like with Million and the Mismatch game. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. does it... You know, is it a pain to write all the questions? Yes. Yep. Yep. Do I want somebody else to write them? No. <laughs> because there's, yeah. you know, you have a... Yeah. You have an aesthetic. Yep. And yeah. you, you have so much experience, it's going to take someone else time to get that experience, yes. so they're not going to be as good as you right away. That's why I... But... Snatch Game drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they don't fight. They don't... Oh. Anyway, that's another podcast. Okay. Uh, here's a performing question. What's the worst thing that's ever gone wrong for you on stage? I was beast in beauty and the beast of course you were and before i went on stage i looked down at my foot and um oh sorry disney i was really good friends with the beast right because beast is real right um and i looked down at my giant foot and the flap was loose between right. the the bottom of the the shoe and his paw and i said to the wardrobe person i was like we should fix this like you know i have like 15 minutes but like could we have glue whatever she's like we'll fix it after the show no problem so with beast you can barely see anything you have to feel with your feet where you're walking we have to walk down the stairs and are you in a theme park or are you uh, on, on the, the cruise stage? ship on the cruise yeah. ship okay bells on my side it's the waltz scene taylor's yeah. yeah, yeah. time i go to take a step and I feel my foot get stuck in the track where set pieces come on and oh, off. Shit. And I go to take another step and face plant as Beast in the middle of the waltz on stage in front of 2,000 people or whatever. And you hear the whole audience go, <gasps> and I like, with all my might, like jump up and try to like jam my foot out. And she like 
does like a you know impromptu like oh are you I okay beast that was gonna and make it all okay we just went right back into the waltz and the whole audience applauded there you go <laughs> save the day it hurt a little bit but yeah yeah but yeah. you were right to try to fix it beforehand. Yeah. Was yeah. that wardrobe person like, oops, my bad. Uh, yeah, I went to her afterward and was like, can we fix this now? Yeah. Yeah. See. Yeah. Um, did you like working on the cruise ships? I loved it. a big it. part of my background. I loved it. I also I did... I kind of loved it too. I did Norwegian as well. Yeah. Um, as I was more principal singer on Norwegian than right. I was on Disney. But um, I did Disney when I was 19. And as you know, with Disney, they just kick your butt into shape, you yeah. know, as far as being a performer or, you know, they have such high standards for customer service. And right. anytime you are, even if you're a performer, if you are facing guests, yeah. you have to go through traditions. And so it just taught There's me, a lot of rules. it humbled me too, because, you know, when I was in my high school and in my college, you know, I was like one of the best singers and, you know, right. you get to where, you know, we had a rockette in our cast. We had a guy who was in the original cast of 42nd street. All of a sudden you are small potential. Right. And it was a very humbling experience. Yeah. Um, Did you ever, you never had to do crew staff duties along with performing? Because I did. We had to do like character breakfast, which is the worst. So you would have to have breakfast with people dressed as... I was one of the escorts for the characters, so I had to make sure that every single person got a picture with Goofy, or every single person got a picture with Minnie, and it was just, it was the worst. Not fun. No. What are you wearing at a character breakfast? Um, The, like, Disney white shorts with the white polo shirt with the little Disney logo and the white belt, like, the worst looking costume ever, but... Um, I also had to do Goofy Fitness, where I had to lead a group of people in a 15-minute workout as Goofy. Oh, my God. Doing that, sounds like, like, that sounds like... That sounds rough. In St. Martin, when it's like 100 degrees and yes. sunny on deck 12 or whatever, and doing push-ups, Goofy's nose is so long that you had to like turn your head while doing a push-up <laughs> so you wouldn't hit the ground. Goofy Fitness. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, paying my dues. Talk about it. Yes, <laughs> and it's hard to move in those outfits and you're sweating. Yeah, yeah. Would people show up? People uh, they it? would, believe it or not. People Mostly kids, but, okay. you know, yeah. What movie have you seen more than any other? Um, either Titanic or Steel Magnolias. Interesting. Yeah. That's, Titanic's that's putting in some serious hours. I like, I usually watch it actually until the ship hits the iceberg and then I turn it off. You don't want to <laughs> see all the craziness. No, I just like the nice part of the movie. That yeah. says so much. Yeah. It's very sweet. Yeah. Who do you relate to in Steel Magnolias? Um... I think a little bit of Malin um, and a little... Is that Julia Roberts? Or no, that's, that's Sally, Sally Field. Field. Okay. A little bit of Malin and probably a little bit yeah. of uh, Olympia Dukakis' yeah. character. Because she's just a sassy, you know, loves making fun of people. But yeah. In a, in a, but she still has a huge heart. Yeah, you know, she's, she's not mean. Down deep, you know, yeah, she's good. Yeah, exactly. I just flashed on a goofy question. Yeah. Can you talk? If you're leading Goofy Fitness? No. So they just have to follow you. Yeah, there's a track voice that you ah. are animating to. Um, and But I did sneeze one time. On, I couldn't help it. Yeah, it With a little kid right next to me, and he looks up at me and he goes, Bless you, Goofy. <laughs> that's going to be the name of this podcast. Yeah, bless way. you, I Goofy. I always look for a quote. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. How yeah. many, once a cruise you're doing Goofy Fitness? Um, once a week, yeah. Shit. And in, in, in addition to all the other shows and yeah. the character breakfast, I mean. They, they ran you ragged. They that was sure my did. experience with the cruise life. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it was so formative for me. Early yeah. 20s. Now I can get on a mic. I don't care. I no. posted every fucking totally. thing there is to host. Yeah. And, but then Norwegian, I worked like 12 hours a week. That's like, great. We you did three just did the shows. shows. 
Boom. That was it. Where's the coolest place you got to go? On the ship? Yeah. In, uh, it was all Caribbean islands. So yeah. St. Martin, St. Thomas, yeah. Cozumel, Belize, like, right. um, you know, just Roatan, Honduras. Caribbean. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go to the Med in Australia. Oh, I'm like, yes, I know. That's, I'm so that's, jealous. That's the best. Okay, what's the most embarrassing CD or download you have in your collection? Probably Amy Grant's Greatest Hits. She's the best, though. <laughs> Who was I talking to? Oh, Lead Me On. Somebody was saying, have oh, you ever listened to song. those words? It's dark. Is it really? Shit gets dark. <laughs> Shoulder th- yeah, like it's brutal. It's like historical. It's so good, though. Yeah. I'm notorious for not listening to words of yeah. songs, just liking the melodies. Well, and- I never listened to that. And somebody was saying, oh, yeah, it's about this story where these people were brutalized. Like, there's some historical <laughs> yeah. br- brutal thing going, and she's singing it. It's so good, though. I got to meet her, actually. How um, was she? At the Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant Friends Tour. Best fucking song ever. Ever. And um, I actually got to meet both Michael and Amy. And growing up as a little Christian kid, um, that was, Michael W. Smith was like my idol. Right. Um, Place in this world. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You almost Um, crossed over. He's he's looked young for the longest time, right. but up close, he, he, you, he, you could tell a little Sometimes bit. with those yeah. young-looking ones, it happens yeah. overnight. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Like, one day they look 20, and the next day... Amy Grant was gorgeous and yeah. sweet and kind and everything you would hope she would be. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That Heart in Motion album? Oh, yeah. Yeah, holds yeah. Up. Yeah. That was her big secular moment. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, if you had to change careers tomorrow, what would you pursue? Um... If I could just be good at something and the snap of a finger, yeah. I would be the next John Williams. I love film score music. Really? I love I could I'd listen to it all the time. I've I've listened to the ET soundtrack probably more than any other CD ever. And John Williams is one of your favorites. I go to his concert at the bowl yeah. every single year for the last ten years. They do different movies every time, right? Or they do different selections for different movies. He used to do the first half of the show yeah. the movies that he liked that were not his, which were super fun because he was like, Here are the other composers that I liked. Oh that's kind of older cool. stuff. He just sort of curates. Yeah. Um, now it's all him, but he typically only conducts the second half because you know he's he's like eighty something. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah. he's still gener- he's still putting out stuff. He is at his AFI tribute. Um, he said, "Everyone keeps talking about me like I'm dead." He's like, "I'm still here, and I I'm still, still want to work." <laughs> Can you hear a score and know that's John Williams? Absolutely. Yeah. He does have a thing, right? I could like name that sort of Star Wars melody. I could probably name. A John Williams song in like three notes of yeah. almost any of his scores. I was playing a Star Wars pinball machine over the weekend in uh-huh. Las Vegas, and it had a lot of those like variations on the Star Wars. Theme. That's amazing. And it's it just got me thinking. Like when a film isn't finished yet, they don't know if it's going to be a classic. No, they just do the best music they can for that movie. Yep. You don't know, like, you better write a good theme because this thing's going to be in our heads for the next 40 years. And I used to think that the music would sort of be part of the process, but the film is shot by the time he's looking at it and writing the music, which is even seems even more difficult. Yeah. Where, like, you're not able to make changes to what's happening in the movie to fit the music. The music has to fit the movie. Yeah, which is your favorite score? E.T.? Um, E.T. is pretty good. If I had to pick, like, one John Williams song that was the only John Williams song I could listen to... For the rest of time, it would be the chase scene at the end where he's on right. the bike and it ends where he 
if if he's if you're not crying when he says goodbye to Elliot yeah. at the end, then you have no soul. Then you're yeah, <laughs> you're a dead person. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How can people learn more about Cal's Game Night? Uh, they can go to calsgamenight.com. You yeah. can Google Cal's Game Night. Um, we're we're the number one result on Google if you Google Game Night Company in the whole country. So that's, that's why, huge. Yeah. Um, Did you do anything to make that happen? Nope. Never paid for it. Just no Google. Oh, no. You guys. Yeah, we've been really fortunate. Things are working out. They really are. And the yeah. longer that we sort of are, I had a client in New York who was like, I tried to find someone else, and you guys are just you're it. You're That's number it. one. And so the longer that we sort of are that number one company and the more like we're getting notoriety now in New York and in London right. and uh, definitely in L.A., you know, it's going to be harder for any other company yeah. to sort of uh, compete. Our, awesome. our Rolodex of clients is just so epic. And our clients really like us. They're really loyal to us. That's um, fantastic. So, yeah. And people probably want to have it again and again. And yeah. And more people come. And- yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so great. So we're we're always auditioning for new hosts. Yeah, I'm going to um, submit. Yeah, absolutely. I want to do this. Definitely. I, I feel like my cruise ship training alone. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. I've officiated bingo. Yeah. yeah. I could have a dime for every bingo number oh, I called in those years. And those jokes, I'm sure, that you just have to tell over oh, and over and over. Uh, yeah. yeah. But people loved um, it. Yeah. You would bust your ass in the shows because we had to do both, right? Yeah. yeah. But they don't care. They yeah. just want to see pub night. Yep. Dirty skit. Yep. And bingo. Yeah. They don't so, want to see. They don't care about your <laughs> grand or whatever it is. So we do. We do. Holiday parties are most busy yeah. this time of the year. We start booking. We're already booking up parties for December and March and April. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's such a nice, fun thing. Uh, we have, in in 11 years of doing business, uh, we have really never had one com- one client say that was not worth it or yeah. complain. Uh, Nobody's which, gone on Yelp and uh, nope. ripped you a new one. Nope. Nope. That's so good. Yeah. Yep. So obviously, you're doing something right. Trying to just keep doing what we're doing, not rock the boat, because it seems to be working. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's been really fun to talk to you. You La- too. Last question. Yes. Why do you love your job? Um, I love my job because I've, I love games, and what I do makes people happy. Uh, my clients, I'm happy. My clients pay me. Uh, so I'm getting paid to do something I love, which sounds cliche and what everyone always wants, but not everyone gets. Right. Um, so I, I feel really blessed. Hashtag blessed. Love it. Hashtag <laughs> blessed. I always think of another question after I ask the first question. Yeah. I think a lot of the clients that you work with, based uh-huh. on our conversation, yep. are, are really rich and there's something pure and simple about this kind of pleasure that is not about money. Yep. It's not about fancy equipment, right? Mm-hmm. Is there something about do they find it sort of refreshing that they're that it's sort of even in a way? I think the I think the thing that they like most is the pressure of having your guests have a good time at your party. Right. And they controlling a group of 30 to we've done 375 people. Right. Controlling a group like that and having them have fun at the same time is not easy. And yeah. then we can throw out a board game, but getting people, I mean, even we've all had game nights with friends, but yeah. sometimes you've got 10 people and getting them all to play is a challenge. So yeah. um, I think it's just really about if you're going to host a party and people are going to continue to talk about your party and about how much fun it was for sometimes months to right. come, then that's worth paying it for. makes them look really good absolutely yeah they yeah. get that you make them shine as yeah. hosts oh absolutely yeah i love it all right so yeah. cool what you've created congratulations thank you so much thank all right you. i appreciate it okay bye bye thanks again to cal eisminger you can check out his website cal's game night and learn all about what he does and maybe book a party of your own all right so this happened 
Okay, I have a 15-year-old Toyota Prius, and um, I've always maintained it very well and taken care of it. It's hanging in there. It needs to. Can't afford another car right now. Um, but one of my front headlights was burned out, and um, it would come on, and then it would go off, and then it would come on and go off. Finally, it's like, I've got to take care of this. And I asked the dealer a while back how much it was, and I don't remember how much, but it gave me a little bit of a heart attack. Like, to change a headlight bulb was... I don't know. It was, it was in the hundreds of dollars. Crazy, right? So I went on YouTube to see if you could do it yourself. And there were some tutorial videos. It was very complicated, but they recommended which bulbs you order from Amazon. So I did that. And my friend Steven is very handy and do it yourself. So I asked him if he would help me because especially when you're following a YouTube tutorial, it's nice to have somebody to follow it and somebody to tinker Long story short, I went over to Jeb and Steven's house, and um, we fixed it. We put it in, and it was like $35, and so I feel very proud of that. Um, Jeb and Steven did most of the work. Jeb has the, the smaller hands and was able to get the bulb in, because it really is some kind of dexterous obstacle course, you know, so meant, to, meant to crush your soul, so you will go into the dealer and spend hundreds of dollars, but we did it. We did it, and... Uh, I feel like I should be done for the year. That should be enough accomplishment for a year. I should be able to just rest and relax and eat M&Ms. By the way, I went to CVS. They have a million new flavors of M&Ms now. Jalapeno, toffee, English toffee, coconut. It's crazy. Stop. Um, that's it. All right. Enough for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. Bye.